mighty revival. Amen. Amen. Amongst those in this community uh, that we have just mentioned. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5. Please come next Sunday as well. I'm going to do my best to uh, identify some others who are serving. I don't know that we could ever in just a couple of services really uh, mention everybody and be effective, but we do want you to know we appreciate uh, everything you do by way of service around here. Amen? And there is a lot that goes on every single week to help us advance God's purpose in this place. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. The Apostle Paul is speaking now, and he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters. Let's read this last line together. But God who gives the increase. Amen. But God who gives the increase. Amen. I want the Lord to help us today as I preach to you and using that simple word, increase. I want to talk to you about increase. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. Mighty God, I give you glory. I thank you for these that have led us in worship and how we have come close to you today because you inhabit the praises of your people. And I, I ask you now, let your glory be revealed in the next few moments so that the word is clear in the way it's presented and so that your anointing and power works in our lives so that we can be what you've called us to be. I give you honor. I thank you for your presence in our lives. And I acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from our heavenly Father. I thank you and bless you for these things in Jesus' name. Would you just love the Lord in your own way, however you want to do that? He's worthy of the glory. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Some of you uh, may have enough interaction with the scripture that you are very aware of the context of the verses that I just read and really I'm not going to dwell a lot on what is happening in this setting so that you know you that are not familiar the apostle Paul was giving instruction to the Corinthian church and division had come into their lives because they had focused on personalities over God and his purpose and his provision in their lives. And, and I'm fortunate to be able to say to you today, I'm not focusing on that aspect of church life because it really right now is not uh, a something that we are confronting. So I want to be clear about that. It's just not something we're confronting at the moment. But we're people, and it could happen. Never let principle take a back seat to personalities. Amen. Never let the power of God and his presence be pushed aside as we become enamored with human personalities. Amen. But the, the principle does have some application 
in other parts of our lives. And it is expressed this way. It is God who matters because God makes the plant grow. God gives the increase. It is God who should be acknowledged as the preeminent person entity in our lives. We know his name Jesus and the reason why we should acknowledge God is because increase comes from partnering with God. Amen. I'll say it again. Increase, growth, any type of of true blessing of God that has eternal value, it cannot come without him. It can only come when you are linked up partnering with God, letting him be Lord of your life. Amen. And I would go so far as to say if you spend any amount of time operating without God, you will quickly learn this is not working. Amen. If you spend any amount of time doing life disregarding his word, disregarding his way, and somehow thinking, I'll call him when I need him, but I don't need him right now, you will quickly learn that will not produce the right outcomes in your life. Increase, especially as it relates to those things that have eternal value, they can only come if you are linked up in partnership with Almighty God. Amen. So we as the people of God operate differently than the world. It just so happens. We do not really fit into their system, and their system really doesn't work in what we're trying to be and do for God. You will hear us say something like, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. That's part of our system that identifies for us. I've got to have God. It doesn't matter how talented. It doesn't matter how gifted. It doesn't matter what I have going for myself. I've got to have God. Amen. You will hear us say, and we were instructed in prayer, to simply say, give us this day our daily bread. And what is that? That's reflecting, again, a system that operates with an understanding. I know what I need today will come as long as I am in partnership linked up with God. I'll say it again. I've quoted it recently. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Your banker's not going to tell you that unless they're a believer. The person at Kroger waiting for you to stick your card in there is not going to say that, but you're going to be thinking about it. No matter where the money seems to be coming from, you're going to say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Because you started to understand, I'm in partnership with God. He gives me grace. He gives me strength. He makes a way. I know if you're honoring the Lord with your finances, you have learned already that there's something miraculous that happens when you're partnered with God. Amen. Our system, our structure, our values are different because we are partnered with God. Some of you know the verse, 
and could quote the part that I will say is familiar to you. What doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And I'm saying that because one of the things that partnering with God will do for you is it will help you avoid increasing in areas you don't want to increase. Amen. I don't want to gain the world to the displacement of God, his power, and in his presence in my life. And so when I'm linked up with him and walking with him every day, something begins to transform my heart and my mind. And there's some things I learned to say, I don't need that because I'd rather have Jesus. I don't go there because I'd rather have Jesus. I believe there's some people in the room that could say, Hey, I don't need that increasing in my life because I'd rather have Jesus, his glory, his power, his anointing, his presence, his goodness in my life. In fact, some of you are so aware of the principle that you come before him every day and you say, I've learned if I seek God first, his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto me what things the things i need because i am in partnership with god really we're less significant although he does make our lives significant but we cannot do it without god amen every family needs god every home every marriage every child every young person every senior saint we need when you begin to walk with him and align with him, those values impressed upon your heart and your mind by the word of God and his spirit transforming you, you begin to seek after things that God wants you to have. Delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart and you start saying things. And I know these are my words. You have your own words, but it's a similar idea. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my love. Lord, increase my hunger for righteousness and my hunger for truth. Lord, increase the demonstration of your mighty power in my life. Lord, increase my knowledge and my understanding. You may not have three or four degrees next to your name, but you may be knowledgeable in the things of God because a long time ago you got close to him and said, I'll just keep walking with him and I'll let him teach me and I'll let him lead me and I'll let him give me what I need because in partnership with God there is increase there is abundant life there is supernatural power there is an anointing and a victory that only God can give you praise God it becomes imperative for us to constantly uh, do a, an evaluation Am I still in partnership with God? Because I need to be moving in a direction that pleases Him. In Revelation 3, the Bible gives us an example of how things can go off track. Jesus says to a congregation, You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor, and blind, 
and naked. And so to you that understand what I'm about to say, this will just reaffirm the direction that you are moving in. But there may be some here that will understand the gravity of that kind of statement. You think you have everything you need. But because you do not have a genuine relationship with God, a closeness to Him, and a demonstration of His power and promises in your life, Jesus said, you don't realize you're wretched, you're blind, you're naked. I believe that's a little bit sobering, but it's a reminder to everyone in this room. Don't you let something or someone move you out of partnership, of relationship relationship of I woke up this morning with the Lord and I'm walking with him through the day and in the good times praise his name and in the bad times do the same and when there's plenty of money be faithful and when there's no money be faithful and when everything's going my way rejoice and when nothing's going my way rejoice evermore because I'm in partnership with God I'm moving in and out of this crazy life but I'm not in their system I'm in his system leaning on the Lord offering my life offering myself to experience his purpose here's the promise he will add unto your life everything you need What I won't do is stop here for 15 minutes and tell you that you will have everything you want. What I won't do is say, the sweaty preacher wiped his anointed brow with his little hand towel, and if you'd send in $5,000, everything will go your way. I won't do that. And again, I'm being a little bit humorous. I don't know the circumstances behind those that may do that. There may be sincerity in that. I do not know. But I will beg of you to never let the enemy deceive you, even when you don't get what you want. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. And I know our mind is boggled by that because we've had to sit there and say, well, I know I'm not supposed to beg, but it feels like I should because I don't see how we're going to get from A to B with what's available. And yet I just know something about the people in this room and some of your story. You can say, I don't know how he did it, but he brought me through. I don't know how he made a way, but I was faithful to him and he opened a door and he made a way. Why? because I was never on my own I was never doing it my way I was never just trying to have my own life without God but walking with him he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life I don't know how to explain it I know I don't deserve it but I love walking with Jesus I love walking with Jesus because he has promised abundant life. He has promised he would never leave us 
or forsake us. He has promised growth and greater understanding and greater awareness of his will as long as we continue in partnership with him. So the apostle says in 1 Corinthians 15, therefore, so I'm just going to say, based on the word and even what the word has been saying to us today, therefore, not based on the news, not based on the economy, not based on my friends or my enemies, not based on the stock market, not based on the highs and lows and the ups and downs and the seasons that seem fruitful and the seasons that seem barren. It just says based on the word, based on the faithfulness of God, based on the fact he brought me out to bring me in, based on all the things we've been considering, both from the word that we read and the word that we hear. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding sounds like increase in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord every one of you that stood a few moments ago your labor is not in vain in the Lord everyone that prayed honored the Lord worshipped gave sacrificed got up every day and tried to live a moral holy, God-fearing life. Know this, your labor is not in vain. Oh, that should encourage somebody. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap. I say it all the time. If the Lord tarries. And then I also say this. Regularly, I shouldn't say it as often as I do to my mom, but I do. Not even out of spite, but just because I feel it so strongly. To live is Christ. To die is gain. And she launches into this whole tirade, mothers shouldn't bury their children, and yet, even in this room, that kind of grief has rested upon some of these lives. But we cannot get away from the reality that partnership with him Job somehow understood the Lord gives and he has taken away. But somehow he got so aligned with the recognition of what it means to be in partnership with God. I'm not going to charge him foolishly. I'm not going to do the convenient thing and somehow become movable and somehow become less steadfast and somehow become so inundated with the culture and the spirit of the world that I begin to think I'm losing because I'm with the Lord. That voice may come to you and, and that spirit may try to intervene upon your thinking, but it's then that you have to shake yourself and say, and I know it's an old-fashioned song, but you're going to have to say, I started out and I'm going to finish this race that I have begun. I linked up with him. I didn't deserve his love. I didn't deserve his mercy. I didn't deserve his grace. And I haven't deserved every single time he's forgiven me. 
and yet he's been so faithful, so faithful, so faithful. I started out and I'm going to finish because no matter what happens, I will end in the wind column with the increase of the mighty blessings of God. Even my death will produce gain because I'm going to live forever. With Jesus Christ, don't let the temporary losses make you feel like God doesn't have it all in control. Amen. And so we must continue in partnership with God. In fact, if you really buy in to the principle You'll even say, like John the Baptist, he must increase. I must decrease. You really get so aligned with the principle that you recognize if I'm decreasing, but he's increasing, then everything is going the way that it should go. I hope that some of you, before the rapture takes place, become exceedingly wealthy. Especially you that would be inclined to be faithful to God in your finances. I really do. Why not? Pray I had a man come to the church last week. He hadn't come back, but he said, Pastor, I want to sign the church. I want to sign my house over to the church. And I was like, well, in my mind, is it paid off? I found out pretty quickly it was not paid off. Oh, okay, I see it's one of those deals. Wealth is not a sin. Abundance is not a sin. And blessings are not a sin. Material blessings are not a sin. But if we ever start trusting those things more than we trust God, if we cannot be as faithful on a day where everything seems to be paid off and everything's going our way, if we can't be as faithful when it's all upside down, then we need to shake ourselves and say the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm not trying to link up with my financial advisor necessarily. What I really need to do is link up with the Lord and let him have his way and trust him and trust him and trust him and even get to the place where I say, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And God will give us grace and he will keep us all way. I invite you, and I'm going to land this plane here fairly quickly now. I invite you to pursue partnership with God. Seek Him early and seek Him often. And constantly filter every life choice through, is this pleasing to God? Will this diminish my connection with Him? Or will it amplify my closeness to him? Make decisions based on what it means to be in partnership 
with God. Because when you live that way, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Pursue partnership with God. And for you that need this to be in a bow, in a box, in a package, I'm going to give you three simple things that you must consider as it relates to partnership with God. Number one, partnership with God does not eliminate our part. It simply makes our part meaningful because of his influence. Partnership with God does not eliminate our part. It's not the lazy way out. You've heard me say it before. We work like it's up to us. We pray like it's up to him. You have to keep sowing. You have to keep casting your bread upon the water. You have to have a spirit-led mentality and a king-minded mindset. Why? Because if you ever get weary in well-doing, you start pulling back the venues and the opportunities for God to demonstrate his faithfulness. But if you'll get up every day and say, I'll do my part and I'll expect him to do what I cannot do, then you're going to experience over and over and over again, little is If God is in it, partnership with God doesn't eliminate our part. We still pray. We still worship. We still give. We still serve. We still sacrifice. God hasn't had to vacuum this sanctuary in decades. And he shouldn't have to. It's okay if the rest of us do it. You shouldn't be too big for that job. like the farmer. I, I know i got to land it, but now I thought of something cute to say. You know the story of the farmer. The preacher went out to see him and said, oh, this is so beautiful. Everything you've done, wow, the Lord really has blessed you. And the farmer said, well, you should have seen it when the Lord had it on his own. Because I have to do my part. Partnership with God doesn't eliminate your part. We still have to reach the loss. We still have to sow seed. Thank you, heart for the harvest. We'll say more about that next week. Hey, we still need to be praying and interceding and serving. And whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Because partnership with God does not eliminate my part. But I offer my part saying, Lord, it's not much. It's just a few fish and a couple of loaves. But let's feed thousands. Let's do something that only God can do. Let's have a supernatural experience that only God can make. Keep offering your part. Partnership with God does not eliminate our part. It just makes our part meaningful by his influence. Number two, partnership with God will require that we engage risks that would be absolutely inappropriate if we were not in partnership with God. Moses, seriously? You're going to go talk to Pharaoh? Foolish. High risk. Unless when you step there, you can say, I am that I am. 
has sent me. Then you're in partnership with God. Amen. Gideon, someone talked about Gideon recently in a devotion or in a Bible lesson. Uh, can I tell you, Gideon, absolutely high risk, inappropriate, foolhardy thing to do to approach the enemy with less soldiers than you need and with a battle plan that's frankly quite crazy. But it's not high risk if you say we're doing this because we got a word from the Lord and he brought us from nothing. If he leaves us with nothing, we haven't lost anything but we just believe he'll give us the victory he'll give us a miracle he'll give us the battle so I am begging you to let go of the intimidation and the fear and the insecurity that wants to say, I don't know if I can do this for God. I am begging you, if God showed you to do it, if God has spoken you to do it, it's not as risky as you think. It's the platform for a divine intervention where the God of the universe will show just what it means to have faith. In him. Stand stand with us. Peter. You gonna do what now? You going swimming? No, 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 no. Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And Peter is walking on water because God is just waiting for someone that would trust him. Step out in faith and believe him. Finally, partnership with God. I don't know of any other way. Some may have spooky powers. I don't discount evil powers and spirits of darkness. I recognize there's some little spooky powers working. They're nothing compared to God. I believe partnership with God. Whatever you if you ever get tempted by some nonsense and you're practicing some low light version of witchcraft, you need to run from that nonsense. And just messing around with the evil spirits of this world, run from that nonsense. My high school across the street, they hung chickens and did sacrifices right across the street from my high school. And they were doing dances, voodoo dances. I didn't go over there. I didn't need that. And you don't need it. I don't know why I'm saying this, but don't dial whatever number they have you dialing now just to get a little word from a spiritual advisor that doesn't know the Lord. Don't do it. There's mysticism and witchcraft and nonsense. It can never match the power of God, but it's out there. Don't yield yourself to that stuff. But partnership with God will be your entry into God's supernatural power and a demonstration of the miracles that only God can do. Amen. I have it here, and I don't want to misquote it. Thank you for testifying, Brother Brent. I went to the hospital to have the hole in my heart filled, and they couldn't even find the hole. Partnership with God. Partnership with God. 
If I perish, let me perish. As long as God is having his way in my life. I feel sorry for the world that thinks that that God's not going to prove his power and his glory. I have another testimony that just happened this week. God saw the whole thing, and he said, now I'll intervene. I know we like to have God do it when we want him to do it, but let's not get impatient with God. Let's just say, because I'm walking with him, I can believe and trust and anticipate a miracle. I don't know how we'll end right now, but I do want you, wherever you are in this building, if you need a miracle, I want you either to come.